Hello, welcome back to The Sleep Mums, the best baby sleep podcast on the internet. Did we tell you that we're totally smashing it up the parenting podcast charts? Well, that's thanks to you. So we are super chuffed that you like what we're doing because we make them for you with a little bit of mum love. Mum love, that sounds wrong suddenly. <laughs> and a little bit of gin. Kidding, of course. Uh, I'm Kat Hubie, straight up talker, broadcaster and journalist. And the mixer to my double is Sarah Carpenter, child expert and baby sleep consultant. Together... We are the Sleep Mums. Is it just me or did I just go a bit Alan Partridge in the whole intro? This episode is about parenting lockdown sleep, although that title is perhaps a wee bit misleading because obviously the point is to get parents more kip, but I think you might need to sort out your own lavender pillow spray and whale sounds yourself. Really, this podcast is to help your little one get more sleep in these strange times, but then hopefully you'll also get a bit more too. My four-year-old said to me recently, I am so tired of this virus. And I think really that's how we're all feeling. Everything is more exhausting because we're having to rethink every single thing that we do. Even every single interaction with people in the street where you do that jump to the side thing, let alone the stress that so many of us are under. For kids and a lot of adults, to be honest, the coronavirus feels a wee bit like the bogeyman or a monster underneath our beds, something horrible lurking in the shadows that could jump out at any one of us or our family at any time. As always, we'll look at five things that will help get you and your family better sleep. Of course, we're all different and have different circumstances. Kids might be at school or nursery or they might not. We might be isolating or choosing to stay at home or we might not. We might be feeling ill or anxious or lonely. And so in any of these circumstances, we hope to give you some support wherever you're at. So our first thing, as it almost always is for Sarah, is consistency. I mean, she's like the consistency queen, basically the Beyonce of the sleep world. But trying to be consistent is something that's been really difficult this year, whether we're in full lockdown or semi-grounding like we are now. So Sarah, talk to me about consistency in lockdown. So it shouldn't change, you know, as much as it's easy for us just now to or has been to be a little bit lax on routine and make changes to our bedtimes and timings and wake up times. Really what the children need is consistency. It doesn't have to be the exact routine that you've always followed. You can be a little bit flexible within that. But what I would really recommend is having a new routine written up so you know obviously if it's your baby then you are going to be consistent times timings aren't going to change because their needs are the same but if we're talking about for example Indy who's four think about what you're now doing in your day during lockdown that's different to how you would behave normally and actually have that up in a visual timeline so that she can see exactly what's happening even if things have adjusted you're still in control of those adjustments and you've still shown her that there is a routine there. So you're providing the consistency at a time when everything else is out the window. I think people fell into different ways of dealing with things. Either it was like, right, like, so this, we're just going to have a total free for all and you can do what you like. Or it was like trying to, as you say, pull back some of that control when it felt like our lives were in free fall. And, and, you know, as always, there is no right way. It's got to be what works for your family. But I, I think, especially for kids, when they are feeling a little bit kind of discombobulated, 
as we've all felt. Brilliant word. I don't think I've ever said that in a <laughs> broadcast. I'm delighted to get that in. But when we're all feeling a bit weird and a bit lost, having things that you know that are going to happen every day is a really useful way of, of pulling back a wee bit of control in our lives, I think. Absolutely. And it does change depending on the age. Like I was very guilty for the first few weeks of lockdown of basically cheating it like a summer holiday for the boys. And, you know, their routine did go right out the window and we had a lot of fun. Every night was moving night, et cetera, et cetera. But little Emily, who's only four, she did still need her routine. So she was still going to bed at the normal time. And so I just adapted to suit their individual needs. We're talking about how consistency affects kids of all ages, but let's just be a wee bit more specific about babies. I mean, this year has been an extraordinarily tough year to be a new parent and to have a new baby. Things have been so different. For some, I guess it might have been a bonus that there hasn't been a carousel of visitors, but it will also have been quite lonely not having the baby classes or the mama meetups. At the best of times, it can feel like a long day when you have a small baby. So what are the challenges that new parents have faced or are facing with how things are? And what advice do you have, Sarah? I think the feedback that I've been getting from clients with the biggest challenge that they've faced is the lack of support that they have been able to access through the normal channels. So where you would normally go to baby classes and you would have the chat from other parents. Some people are feeling really isolated from that. They haven't necessarily been able to get access to midwives and health visitors face-to-face either. A lot of that has been over Zoom, which has left people feeling a little bit more vulnerable. One of the big challenges probably, particularly in terms of talking about consistency or, or lack of it, is that it's been a very different year for a lot of new parents in that we've been at home for a lot of it and um, whether you have a partner or not you might have a partner who's trying to work at home which you know well it's hard enough when you're trying to look after one child I think it's really important from the beginning that you know if you've had a baby and you are both at home then try and get a routine for the adults as much as for the baby then it will make a difference to how you cope when things go back to whatever the normal becomes the next thing we're going to talk about is less about night times but totally affects it and more about how you fill your days and this is something that if you have kids has been really full-on this year and even more important to talk about now there's a threat of baby classes stopping again which are a lifeline for so many new parents this podcast obviously isn't a substitute but we hope we can give you a wee bit of support in the same way that baby classes do I mean, honestly, I think I ran out of ideas to amuse the kids sometime back in March. But I guess it's less about being totally blue Peter about your parenting, because there is never one I've made earlier, and coming up with tons of ideas and activities, because it's not easy and it's totally not sustainable really either. So it's more about the balance of your days. Children are obviously going to be missing their normal activities you know they are going to be missing nursery they're going to be missing softly but the important thing to try and claw things back for children is actually thinking about what you're doing within your day so it's not just about being outside all day and getting the physical stimulation you need to mix your day up with physical and mental stimulation 
think about your day as a whole and okay we're not all going to be super organized and have a timetable for every day that's just not realistic there was those memes that went around like back in the day probably back in March that was like you know you can have this kind of schedule and I totally freaked out I was like oh that's not what my day looks like at all Totally, no. I mean, what I found was actually just splitting my day into two halves worked really well. So we had the morning and we had the afternoon and we had a good section of physical and mental stimulation in those two halves of the day. And it just meant that by bedtime, everybody was ready for bed rather than having some hyper children because they'd been completely run ragged and they were absolutely overtired and others who were completely understimulated mentally and just it couldn't switch off so it's just thinking about getting all the needs into that day now getting needs into the day is something we talk a lot about with babies they obviously have very important physical needs of feeding and our favorite sleep but babies also have this need of a balance of activities too like fresh air and stimulation and play so some of the ways that you could fill your day with a baby you know whether it's just a bath bath time out of routine that's fine you know a little bit of extra water play doesn't do anyone any harm a bit of naked time as long as you're in a cozy warm room on fluffy towels get baby naked just to wriggle around using the sort of black and white picture books and things like that so it's just you know if you've got a few activities in your head that you can use throughout the day when you do reach that point where you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm still in these four walls, you can just do something a little bit different just to fill the gap. I think it's really difficult often, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or not, as a new parent to feel like you suddenly have to become a children's entertainer. And if it doesn't come naturally to you, that can be hard going, what what am I going to do? Like, you know, it it can be overwhelming. And often the most simple things are are the best things but that's not necessarily what what you think of like I'm always eternally surprised by how much kids get really entertained by a set of keys yeah that's it keep it simple you know and one thing that I've always found over the years is when you suggest reading to really young babies and parents can be a bit like you know they're not gonna take it in and it's like actually it doesn't matter what you read to them it's your voice and how your voice changes so if you are reading a book that you're really enjoying pick that book up and read it it doesn't need to be a baby book or if you're reading a newspaper if you're reading an article on the internet just read it out loud you know as hearing your voice and seeing the way your facial expressions are changing they're all the things that the baby's going to interact with so you don't need to you know go all out singing daft children's songs or anything you just need to be you that's genius just have a read of whatever you want to be reading as long as it's not too depressing (laughs) try and read something (laughs) that might cheer you up a wee bit the daytime bath thing is such a good point too because I actually did that a few weeks ago with my son I really didn't know what to do with him we've not been going to anything obviously you know sports centers pools nothing is open we love the park but it was a miserable day and um, I just ran the bath. I love a bath. And we just sat in it and he played with his toys and I read read, read a magazine and uh, did some work on my phone. I was like, this is the best working from home ever. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You have to make it work for you. So it can be anything. I love a sink bath as well. You know, as soon as baby's sitting up, as long as you put towels around the sink inside of the sink, you can literally just pop them in the sink and then you can be kind of 
diddling around in the kitchen too. So just give them some wooden spoons and things to bang around and they'll be happy for hours. Kitchen will be a bit wet, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've been entertained. It's fine. The third thing is going to sound a bit weird in these difficult times, especially because in general, I just want to give everyone a cuddle. I know we can't right now. But our third thing is don't be too soft. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to not let them get away with a little bit more at the moment because, you know, we're worried about our own health and well-being. We're definitely worried about the impact that this is having on the children. But the more inconsistent you are and softer you are around your routine and bedtimes, the more they are going to take control. And before you know it, you know, a sort of extra story one night, the next night you might be reading four or five. Yeah, our bedtimes kind of dissolved in the full lockdown as lots of people's did. And um, we found it really hard to get back from because, yeah, I was so worried about how they were doing. And I felt like, you know, reading them an extra story was the least I could do. And it and it was, and it was lovely. But then there also comes a point where I'm like still reading stories at 10 o'clock <laughs> at night and that's not good for them or for me. It is hard when you're so worried about them and how they're feeling actually for for a wee bit of me that felt a little bit reminiscent of when I had my son and I was so worried about the guilt for my daughter of how she was coping with having a a new sibling uh, that I also kind of let everything go and again as always it's not a bad thing but it can be hard to come back from when you choose to definitely you do have to invest a lot of time in returning to normal again so you know you can't expect as we've spoken about before you can't expect things just to happen overnight start to make the changes gradually and then implement your consistency again over that period of time so that everybody's on the same page and it's not been a drastic you know this is what we're doing today and that's what we're doing tomorrow so just make it gradual and rein it all back in again you're talking about going back to normal but that's really hard as we literally have no idea what normal is anymore so I guess as you say you have to look at how things are now and if you feel that there's something that's not working for you or your little one like in my case and never ending stories and then make a plan make sure everyone's on board be consistent and accept that it might take a little while to make any changes having said don't be too soft it's also important not to be too hard both on them and on yourself so that's our fourth thing I do realize I'm sounding a wee bit Baz Luhrmann here in the wear sunscreen song don't be too hard or too soft that's a very old school reference there (laughs) but I guess not being too hard means trying to find the positives too if you can which is also quite Baz Luhrmann at any time it can be really hard to constantly keep things positive but especially at the moment when some of us are feeling quite low and negative ourselves it can be extremely difficult to keep everybody going around us so try and really think consciously about your language associations and if you are having a really grim day don't feel bad if you do just need to stick a movie on get the popcorn out and make a day of it you know that's absolutely fine but don't let on that you're doing it because you're feeling low try and just keep that upbeat positivity around every situation Um, and especially you know at the beginning and end of the day always do try and start it positively try really hard at bedtime even if it is getting a little bit out of hand and you know one story's turned into four try not to let that little bit of resentment creep into your voice you want to you know 
go back to three stories but make it a positive that you're going back to three stories and then work down from there so it's just always reassuring the children through your language that everything is going to be okay and it is it's okay for us to all feel a bit funny but ultimately we're all going to be okay together and it's just using that type of language which is so hard when you're when you know like lots of people are feeling anxious about work money and health flipping however you're feeling and not not of course you want to them they you want them to know that you're human and that it's okay to feel sad but as you say you, you set things up i have a really bad habit of saying i'm afraid when <laughs> which probably says like you know a psychoanalyst would have a field day with me but when I'm about to give them some negative news for example like I'm afraid we can only watch two episodes of I don't know whatever thing it is they're into or I'm afraid we can only have two books or I'm afraid we don't and it's like I so notice that as soon as I've said that it's like they know a bad thing's coming and they're already preparing themselves to be cross or have a tantrum whereas I know that if I say hey guys we've got two whatever the thing is it's always going to be a better reaction but I can't stop myself sometimes and as soon as it's out my mouth I'm like oh I want to pull that back (laughs) and you still can pull it back you know even if you started with I'm afraid and you've realized that then just turn it around halfway through the sentence and claw it back you know even saying I'm afraid in a sing-song voice a child will make it better <laughs> saying I'm afraid. <laughs> Coming from Mary Poppins herself. <laughs> I'm just going to start singing at them all the time. That'll make it all okay. But yeah, I mean, obviously we're talking about something that's is really serious and, you know, it's whether it's, um, you know, this these particularly weird times that we're living in right now or it's any of any number of emotional stresses that, that happen, you know, this works for that too. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, And it's just being able to sort of speak to your audience as well. You know, we're talking about staying positive all the time, but actually it's important to be honest too. So the slightly older children, it's okay to talk about what a struggle this time is, but just try not to do it at certain times of day. So, you know, if you are going to talk about how you're struggling and they're struggling, try and follow up with having a hot chocolate or doing something nice. I'm very aware as well of allowing them to feel sad and so it makes sense that they see me sad and know that that's okay too it's just about trying to do it in a positive way which can be hard when you're feeling sad (laughs) absolutely but yeah it's acknowledging that all feelings are feelings and you know happy sad angry it's important that we all feel those things all the time and know how to then communicate about those feelings totally and talking of which let's go on to our final thing our fifth thing when it comes to helping everyone get more sleep when your world has literally been turned upside down is how and when to talk about things so my granny used to say never let the sun go down on an argument and I always took that to mean that you shouldn't go to bed cross but as an adult I actually think it does sometimes help to sleep on it you often wake up less mad in the morning So I'm going to twist its meaning a wee bit because I think discussions about negative feelings shouldn't happen too close to bedtime or if we're going with my granny saying after the sun has gone down. And that goes both for kids and really for adults, I think, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, But it is important to set aside time for each individual child to have an opportunity to express themselves. And that can be done for the younger ones to draw in. 
So it's really nice if they can actually draw their feelings down. They find that a little bit easier sometimes in talking. Another really nice activity that I like doing, and I actually do do this at bedtime, is you know, the boys and I and now Emily will sit in the room and we will talk about see things that have made us happy and see things that have made us sad. And sometimes there's nothing that's made us sad. Very occasionally there's nothing that's made us happy, but <laughs> we do try. And it can just be really simple things, but it just opens up conversations. And sometimes one of them will say, actually, I don't want to do it tonight in a group. I just want to do it as an individual. And that's fine, you know, but it is just giving them it's given them the opportunity to hear us as adults express our feelings and it has given them an opportunity where they know that they're going to be listened to and that's really important. Um, and just starting the conversation for them can really, really help. We try and do something similar, I guess, around tea time or maybe even bath time. I, I think I just worry that um, the closer it gets to actually being in bed, that particularly because my daughter is a bit of a warrior, that if, if, if I even mention anything that might cause anxiety or she mentions it, it will literally cause her to be up for hours after she would normally be going to sleep. So that's why I try and keep these things as far away from bedtime as I can. Yeah, definitely. And something that might work really well for her is having the little worry dolls. So if she does have little worries or anxieties that do keep her awake, she can just whisper that to the little worry doll, tuck it under her pillow and that's it gone for the night. And then she can think about it again and talk to you about it in the morning if she wants to. So that's quite a sweet idea as well. Um, And they're quite cute for little boys and girls. They're tiny little things that just tuck away. So We did a kind of putting worries onto a stone and throwing it away idea also during lockdown, which um, was quite nice to kind of this visualisation of getting getting rid of any of your worries that, that were hanging around. I don't know why that sounds a little bit like hippie-ish when I'm saying it now, <laughs> but the kids no, quite liked it. I think we all need a bit of that sometimes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, again, obviously we're, talk- we're talking about kind of toddlers up, but it does also kind of go for babies. Clearly they're not going to be talking about their happy and their sad things, but but you can be and you can make sure that you're trying to keep any anxiety away from their bedtimes. Definitely. And I think it's important as well just to say that, you know, babies will respond to the anxieties that you're feeling. So if your baby is a little bit niggly, a bit upset, bit grumbly not their usual selves and you can't really work out why it might just be that they are picking up on how you're feeling so you know it's impossible not to go through times like that but it can be a reason for it so rather than trying to work out what's actually wrong with the baby it might just be that it's something that you're giving off that's you know making baby behave like that. I find I felt super guilty about that though when I have you know had some hot a sadder time shall we say when the kids have been small because I'm so aware of that and it's it's kind of rubbish because mm-hmm. it then puts the onus back on you as a parent and yeah. you start to feel guilty about that so you know we don't want you to feel like that either and um, no. it's just that it is okay to say that you need to look after yourself mm-hmm. sometimes and if you are feeling like that to, to if there is someone you can pass baby or pass the kids over to give yourself a wee bit of space to deal with whatever you're dealing with please do do try but also know that that's kind of why we're here that's why we want to give we want to give support if you are feeling like that so that you know that you're not alone 
So that's five things to survive sleep during lockdown or partial grinding. My friend said the other day, it's like when your class has been put on detention and you know you're only going to get out if you all behave, but you so know that's not going to happen. Hopefully we will do soon. Not behave though. I mean, get out. Uh, And we can all rush back to the soft play and moan about how bad the coffee is. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've got loads more on the feed, so if you've just found us, have a wee look. There's plenty of good stuff on there. And if you've been listening for a wee while, don't feel like you can't shout out about the Sleep Mums. You totally can. Please share the love down at the park and when they're open at the soft play or in a socially distant way on your socials. Leave us a lovely review too. It all helps. Look after yourself and sleep soon. Sleep soon.